Hi, this is Randy Chan. And Lisa. Welcome to the ninth episode in a series called The Night Sky of Silicon Valley. Once a week, I'll be letting you know what to look out for in the upcoming week so you can go out and gaze into our night sky. If you're like me, you sleep during the day and come awake at night. The moon, planets, and stars are your nighttime companions. I spend relaxingly cool nights in Silicon Valley trying to discern what's out there. This podcast is our journey together of the night skies. November 7th, 2020. On Halloween this past weekend, while we are enjoying the full blue moon, we didn't talk much about the planet Uranus. Uranus was in opposition, meaning Uranus was on the opposite side of the sun from us. Uranus, then the Earth, and then the sun, making this the easiest time to see Uranus being at its brightest in our night sky. Uranus is a very cold planet since it's the second furthest from the sun. Light from the sun takes almost 2 hours and 40 minutes to reach the surface of the planet. Traveling at that speed of light, that's a long distance. That's why it's cold, because it can't bask in the warmth of the sun like Earth does. In fact, Uranus has the coldest recorded temperature of the planets in our solar system. The minimum surface temperature on Uranus is negative 224 degrees Celsius. It is often referred to as the ice giant. Is that why Uranus appears blue in photos? Actually, the blue hue that Uranus gives off is not solely from ice or water. The methane and other natural gases, such as ammonia, also contributes to the blue color. Yuck, methane, that's stinky. Indeed it is. In fact, Uranus probably smells like rotten eggs, although we don't know for sure. Only one spacecraft has ever flown by Uranus. Is it Voyager 2? Voyager 2 was launched by NASA from Cape Canaveral on August 22, 1977. Along with its partner, Voyager 1, they are long-range space travelers. Their flight paths go past the outer planets of the solar system, sending us photos of our fellow solar system planets along the way. Now both Voyagers are traveling off into interstellar space, and they're the furthest man-made objects from Earth. They are our pioneers out there. Not bad. In fact, it was. Voyager 2 flew by Uranus in 1986. It took nine years to get Uranus traveling at approximately 3.3 astronomical units per year. In 1986, Voyager 2 returned the very first close-up images of Uranus, its rings and its moons. Wait, Uranus has rings too, just like Saturn? Uranus does have rings similar to Saturn, but it is believed that these rings are probably quite young. The composition of the rings is thought to be parts of moons or even entire moons that were hit by other objects such as comets or asteroids. In addition, most of Uranus's moons are named after literary figures. The moons are characters created by Alexander Pope and William Shakespeare, such as Oberon, Titania, and Miranda. Wow, that's so cool. What about the name of Uranus? Where does that come from? Uranus has an interesting etymology. Unlike all the other planets, Uranus is named after a Greek god, the god of the sky. That's weird. Uranus is a Greek god? All the other ones are named after Roman gods, right? Yep. 
The god Uranus is the father of Cronus, or Saturn, and the grandfather of Zeus, or Jupiter. According to mythology, he was the first ruler, and Uranus was the first planet that was discovered with the use of the telescope. The inner five planets were observed by the Romans, which is why they have Roman god names. Uranus was initially named after King George III of England by its discoverer, but later on it was renamed after a god to go with the other heavenly bodies. Jeepers, that's interesting. Uranus is a much better name than old King George by all accounts. Actually, also the chemical element uranium was named after the newly discovered planet Uranus. Ah, uh, yes. Atomic number 92. What a beaut. But is there anything else bizarre or different about Uranus? Actually, yes. Uranus has a very unusual tilt. Its axis is at 98 degrees, which means it lies almost completely sideways as it orbits the sun. This means that the north and south poles of Uranus, with relation to the sun, lies near where the equator does on our Earth. Imagine planets as spinning tops, spinning as they travel their path around the sun. Earth and all the other planets spin along their north-south axis, showing their sides to the sun. Uranus, although, as it spins, only shows its top or bottom to the sun. The theory is that an Earth-sized planet may have collided with Uranus, which forced its axis to drastically shift. This tilt makes its seasons very interesting. Uranus, being so far out from the sun, takes 84 Earth years to orbit the sun. With this extremely weird tilt, either one or the other of Uranus's poles directly faces the sun, which means that each side of the planet gets around 42 years of direct sunlight followed by 42 years of darkness. That's a very long day and then a long night. Very. Okay, moving on to events that are actually happening this week. On Sunday, November 8th, we will be treated to the last quarter moon. The interesting fact about last quarter moons is that the moon is positioned ahead of the Earth in our trip around the sun, so approximately three and a half hours later, Earth will occupy that exact same location in space. And after the last quarter moon, we'll have a week of moonless evening skies. Moonless skies means that it will be perfect for observing deep sky targets. Oh, time to get the telescope out again, Randy. Chop, chop. I don't want to miss stuff. Well, by now you should know how to set up the telescope. You don't need me to do it. Anyways, this coming Thursday, November 12th, we should be able to see the Northern Torrid's meteor shower, which peak after midnight. Torrid's falling out of the constellation Taurus? Yay! Another meteor shower! There should be about 15 meteors per hour. This spectacle is brought to us by the debris dropping from the passage of a periodic comet. So be sure to look high in the southern sky towards the constellation Taurus. Remember the horizon should be at the bottom of your field of view. Sit back, relax, and see if you can spot any of the colorful fireballs. I don't know about anyone else, but with each falling star I see this Thursday, I'm going to wish for a peaceful transition of power to Joe and Kamala. So be sure to check out the Torrid's Meteor Shower this Thursday and the last quarter moon. If you need a reminder on what makes a quarter moon, re-listen to episode 7. 
If you're interested in Uranus, you can look up Voyager 2's pictures on Google. Until next week, this is Randy. And Lisa. From the night sky of Silicon Valley.